Hey, welcome back to Chick Chat. Uh, we used to call it the uh, Chamber Podcast, but we're just going to like call it Chick Chat because that's what we're doing. We're just chatting. We're going to yep. talk about the TIF. I'm Jim Cowan, Director of the Chickasha Economic Development Council, President of the Chamber of Commerce, and I'm your host, and we've got a series of these set up because this is an important issue for our city. We want to get a lot of information out there. We've got a lot of questions submitted that we're going to try to make sure all the questions get asked. But let's get started by welcoming the mayor of Chickasha, Mr. Chris Mosley. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Jim. Glad to be here. So tell us a brief history. How long have you been on the council? How long have you been on mayor? You've been, you've been doing this Chickasha thing for a while. I have been. I was on council the first time from 05 to 09 for four years then. And, and I got off because my boys were the A's. It was really busy at that time. And then once they were in and leaving college, I said I'd like to do it again. So in 18, I ran for mayor. So I'm in my sixth year. So, you know, at the end of this term in April, I have spent 10 years working for the council, for the citizens of Chickasha. That's so, a very uh, lucrative financial position, yeah, right? Because you get paid yeah. the big zero, right? Yeah. Squat. You squat. Get paid squat. Zero, <laughs> not a nothing. Just to be clear, right. in full transparency, not a penny. Yeah, Okay. that's correct. All right. Yeah, there's no compensation. Well, thank you for all that you do for Chickasha. Um, your family has been a part of this community for generations and the Festival of Light. Before we dive into all the things about TIFF, just kind of people may not know your family's history here in Chickasha. Well, my family business has been here since 1952, so 71 years we've been in operation. My grandfather moved here uh, with my dad. My dad's nine. Uh, his sister was 10 years older. She, she was already out of the house. Um, when he was elected county superintendent. And so he oversaw all this, the rural schools in Grady County because back then the law required the schools to be with so many miles of each other so children could walk or ride their horse to school. And so he had all these little schools everywhere. Now there's like little sites or you don't see much of them left. So he oversaw all those. And so I've been given letters from uh, people that received it from him while he was superintendent. Uh, and then just recently, my wife was working with somebody who was in their 90s, and they remember my grandfather being in, signing his report card. And he goes, it's saying to the point that if it was easy, everybody would do it, or it was, a, you know, it was something like that. And so it was really interesting to have that come back after, you know, decades. He's been, he's been passed away now. Uh, since 95 so 28 years so it's amazing that he made that big of an impact with somebody and they still remembered it because they had to be in grade school that took place but he taught rural school uh eight through 12 my my grandmother was or seven through 12 my grandmother taught first through sixth in the area of oakdale which is north and west of rush springs it doesn't exist anymore oh wow okay and so when they moved to chickasha and he was superintendent she then taught at meridian which is north of the airport, and it's a big sign in a field. That's all it is. <laughs> Things change a little bit. They do, yeah. And, you know, speaking of a big sign in the middle of the field, as as you see Chickasha now, and you, you said you've been mayor this six years, yes. right? Uh-huh. Okay. So how do you think Chickasha is different now than it was six years ago when you became mayor? Financial stability. Um, I, I love numbers, and I was an accountant before I became an insurance agent. Uh we're, we're much more financially stable. And that took about two to three years to really get it under control. Um, and so we're, we're in a much better position that way. We have 
more development than we've ever seen in our history, in my in my my history of Chickasha. Uh, last count, and back in October, the building permit amount was about $43 million under construction, all we had permits for. And so, and there's more to come. We know there's more coming. And so we've gone to the point now, we've had to hire a third party to help us engineer it because it's more than what our city engineer can take care of. Um, and so it's just, it's really exciting to see because I know with, um, as people move out of metropolitan areas, as we're seeing from people moving here from California and such, uh, it's they're going to come here. And because they're like the rural setting, they're like the small town feel, people are tired of being living on top of each other. And we, we got space to spread out. And so we're, if we don't prepare for it, we're going to be behind the eight ball and be in trouble. And so when that bypass comes in, which, you know, it should be, they should be moving dirt any time now because I know they're bidding it. Uh, but it's projected to be done in about eight years. So it's it's going to provide more flow of traffic. And then we have the more exits coming in on the next within the next five years off H.E. Bailey. There's going to be three more exits here at Chickasha. So there'll be five within about seven, eight miles of us. So that's going to bring in more development. So unless we are preparing our infrastructure and uh, where we're going to put people to live and where they're going to shop or where we're going to work, I said we'll be definitely behind the eight ball. So for those, sometimes you can look around and here we are. It's a week before or a few days before Thanksgiving mm-hmm. uh, 2023. And you look around like, wow, we see a lot of progress. Chick-fil-A is going to open up. Uh, neat things happening downtown. What would you say to the people who are like, why do we need to do anything? Aren't, aren't we doing good? We're doing good. Um, but we are working off existing places. Um, the stuff like where Chick-fil-A is and um, uh, roasters coming in and you have um, oh, scooters that's there. A lot of that property is already here and already developed and kind of ready to go. This would be areas that we're going to try to maybe recapture some that may be in flood that's going to need work. Or you're going to revitalize more of the downtown. And so like the grant that we've had, it's done more with brick and mortar. Now we've got to really take a hard look at infrastructure with the sewer, the water. We have a water treatment plant coming in. Uh, in about three and a half years, we'll be having a new plant operational. Well, we know we've got a lot more lines to replace. We know there's just a ton of work. Some of, these, some of the infrastructure is, you know, 120 years old. And so we have to address that stuff. We haven't addressed it in the past. And it's painful and it's expensive and it's slow. But these are all things we got to take a look at. That's why if we're not planning now, you know, we'll have a crisis and we'll be definitely by the eight ball. You know, you just said um, what think, talked about the past. And I go to a lot of council meetings, as many as I can. And often I'm hearing you all discuss issues that you're having to face today that 20 years ago, the council at the time, maybe they didn't have the money right. or maybe they didn't have a plan, but they didn't address. Right. And they didn't just get better over time. They they get worse. got worse. Yes, and yes. so, um, you know, uh, is it true that uh, the city today is facing uh, several decades of deferred maintenance? And oh, I'm not yeah. trying to yeah. say anybody didn't do something, but because there's lots of reasons why. Right. A lot of times it's probably had to do with money, but you got to do something. Yeah, because, you know, the, the past couple of mayors, past couple of councils, I've been friends with all of them. And, you know, they're looking at what they have right then, right there. And the point where we are now is I knew our plant, our water plant, we were at 100% capacity 
several times a year when it's super hot and when it's really cold. We're 100% capacity. We cannot provide any more water than what we have. So if we want to recruit an industrial prospect, we better have capacity. And so you build a plant for that extra capacity so we can provide more water. Because our plant, due to its age, we have to slow that process down to produce the quality of water that we need that's safe for our citizens. Well, if you do that, then you can't sell, you can't offer as much to other people. And some of the areas we're looking at developing uh, that could be potentially in, in these TIF areas and in the, in the project areas, uh, they don't have sewer, you know, or the lacking in those utilities. Well, just to run the sewer line out to I-44 and Highway 62 is about $20 million because you got to run lift stations and everything else. There's a ton of engineering that takes place there. $20 million, $20 million. to run sewer along Highway 62 or Choctaw Avenue yes. out towards where I-44. That's correct. So in another podcast, uh, the city manager <laughs> brought up the fact that um, we had a water park resort. Turn us down. That's nationally recognized. That was two years ago. So recently, you know, it's like we weren't even really in the game because we didn't have what they needed. And, and so. And there's a hint of a um, resort area, and I talk at tribal. And when they were first looking at it, and, and there was a, a large construction company of Oklahoma City that was bidding the project. And so I started calling, looking around. I was interim city manager at that time because I was concerned. I, I had been given numbers of a million gallons of water a day for the demands. <laughs> and we don't have that. Yeah. So it's kind of like we, we have to make these changes because if we don't change, we'll either be overrun or non-existent. So we, we have to be prepared for this. Okay, so let's start doing some um, dive uh, into this whole TIF, Tax yep. Increment Financing. Um, so here I am in my position overseeing the EDC. Um, do you see the TIF project being an EDC project or a City of Chickasha? It's going to be a City of Chickasha project just because it's usually with TIFs and what we'll be looking at, it's not the fluff um it's infrastructure that we're looking at so we're looking at sewer water roads drainage drainage is key because we can control some of our drainage that opens other areas of town which have been ignored because they're in floodplains so if we can eliminate that that change that really lowers the cost of construction for somebody to come in and develop that so you look at the east side of town so we can control water on the west side because it naturally flows from west to east, going to the river, we can we can slow it down on the west side of town. Then that opens up areas over here that we can develop. Because it may take them out of the floodplain altogether. That's all up to engineers to decide. But that's kind of the plan. So so there's added cost in doing development in a floodplain. Mm-hmm. That if if you're if you have several choices and you're like, okay, I can go here, I can go here, but if I go to Chickasha, I really like it, but my costs are 25% more because of the, infra- the infrastructure and everything, we're probably going to lose those, aren't we? There's a good chance because they're, gonna, they're like water. It's the path of least resistance. So they're going to go where they can work well with uh, building inspectors and code enforcement and where they can control their cost of construction easier. You know, less to engineer, less expense, and less to maintain. And so you have the schools, which are looking, building a gymnasium. Well, not looking, they're going to build a gymnasium with a safe room, everything at Lincoln School. Well, they've piled massive amounts of dirt there, which they brought over from the football field. Well, that's to raise that new building to get it out of flood. 
So they're going to have to raise that foundation by about three feet to get it above the floodplain. So it's it's just if we can do something else elsewhere to move that water away or control that water as it flows, maybe that doesn't have to be done. But there's still going to be time down the road a little bit. You know, sometimes I'm kind of like the average citizen. I'm like, okay, what are we going to get? Um, I can't wait till Chick-fil-A opens up. Can't wait till Roasters opens up. Scooters just opened up. I also very much, especially this week at Thanksgiving, appreciate our long time generational businesses that have been around forever. But the average citizen, you know, and I don't blame them. They're like, oh, well, what, what are we getting? And it, when we talk about a tiff, I think people have some, some have misconceptions, but then the more you hear about it, the more people are like, uh, ee, uh, and it's, it, it's not sexy. It's not cool. It doesn't, but you don't get the Chick-fil-A if you don't have the in- infrastructure in place That's correct. Yes. for that to happen. So, um, tell me a little bit about, you know, I'm sure you, I know your phone blows up all the time, but what do you think <laughs> some of the misconceptions the public has about the fact that the city is just considering, I'm not saying we're doing a TIFF, mm-hmm. uh, but the city is considering a TIFF. Um, enrichment to the developer um, and the pet projects um, that would be specific. Uh, I think those are the two biggest misconceptions. Uh, and the beauty of it is we have a TIFF committee, which consists of multiple different governmental entities. So you have one representative from the city of Chickasha, which Zach Grayson's going to be chairing that. He's my vice mayor. You have a representative from Chickasha Public Schools. I know that's Jennifer Stegman. She is their CFO. On the uh, Technology Center is their superintendent. And I do not know yet who the county representative is. And then also you have the Planning Commission, which works with uh, Rachel Barnish and such, that, that person. So you have five that are set positions on there. Then they'll ask for recommendations of seven names of citizens. One has retail experience and, you know, you got to go to the different industries. And so of those seven names, they'll go before that group of five, and that five will choose three. So it then becomes a group of eight that will help with this committee, the, the TIF committee, which will go through the process of working with developers, working with engineers, working with planning and zoning on the TIF project and the TIF increment area. Because there are two separate things going on. They can be the same area or they can be totally different. And in, in this situation, the good chance could be two different things. Because if you're trying to look at flood work or controlling water, well, your TIF project is way far away. Well, you don't want to put the increment on a pond, you know, because that doesn't generate any uh, avalorum or generate any sales tax. So you put an area where you have some growth and you designate that little area. So you have the incremental change. You, then you would split that between the city, the governmental entities, and the developer. And so the beauty of it is the developer puts that infrastructure in for you. And then based on their hustling, they get people in it, they increase sales, they increase avalorum, then they get their money back through the splitting of the incremental change. And so, you know, my belief, and it's all the committee to make how to work it out, mm-hmm. is I could see the developer getting all of his costs back and his carrying costs. Because you, you got to make sure they don't go in a hole because otherwise they're not really inspired to do anything. But the main focus will be on that developer is their project. 
not the development of the project, if that makes sense. Yes. So you want that project to be really successful. So they'll be out hustling their own project while they're getting reimbursed with sales tax dollars and that forums for what they had to do to get to that point. So, I mean, that's there's so much misconceptions that, you know, it's like, oh, you're just enriching people, but really it's a reimbursement. And we're able to build things um, to help improve quality of life at Chickasha, shopping, parks, wherever it may be, restaurants. We're having somebody else pay for it with a guarantee we'll pay them back with money we don't have yet. And if the, and if the money doesn't come in, thanks. You know, that's yeah. what you have to look at. I yeah. mean, that's, that's the risk they're taking. And so we want to be successful because that helps everybody. You know, everybody's going to give up a little bit to make this project work. The developer gives up some. city gives up some. The other government entities give up some because they're all Avalon-based. So they're giving up a little bit that I'll make this work. So it's really, it's, it's, you know, four or five bodies working together to have a successful project. And so I'm excited about it because of the potential it could bring in and being site ready or prep ready for other people to come in and join us. So is that good enough? Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I, I'm, I'm impressed. Um, so since you've been mayor, have you heard any speculation about like the mid first bank building and what it might be on the upper floors or, Oh yeah. You know, um, since day one. Okay. So there's been speculation, but as of right now, we still don't have anything being developed. Right. I, I, do you have, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but do you have any concerns that if a developer came in tomorrow and said, I'm going to turn the upper floors into student housing or a boutique hotel or a mixture of both or something like that. Do you think right now the city has all the needed infrastructure to make sure that from the fire plugs to sewer and this water? This is a very simple answer. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, we don't have the proper pressure, the proper flow um, for fire protection. And that you got to think safety. Everything I do is think safety. So you look around town, now you see where they're painting the top of fire hydrants. There's green, there's orange, and I think maybe black on the, on the ones that are bad. And so that deals with a visual inspection of the flow of water. So they can already tell you just by opening a hydrant whether it's going to be enough flow or not. Well, downtown, I know there's a few of them. They may be painted green, but I know the volume coming out is not sufficient. So you have to have that to run this fire suppression system. Also, the city of Chickasha, we need more fire apparatus to reach the higher stories, stories of the building. We have a ladder truck. You really like to have a basket at the end, so you, it's for safety. But it's also a lot more expensive. But you don't want to purchase that type of equipment. The, and it takes four, 40 months to get one now. If you order a fire truck today, it's 40 months before it shows up. Wow. And the cost is, like for a basket, is nearly $2 million for the truck. We bought a fire engine in October of 21. After we had one hit in an accident in July 21, we were fortunate enough to get one that was a, a demo vehicle. And we purchased it for $450,000. That same truck now is over $900,000. Identical truck. The costs have just gone out of reach. So as a city side, as we start doing this planning to do the water and such, as we develop, like, say it's mid-first, that turns into a housing, and we can do all the speculation we want, we got to make sure we have the fire protection and the apparatus to protect that building and the, and the citizens in there. So, that, so that's got to be mandatory. So this will also, while this development is going on, allows the city to start their plan and process, which they started 
the second meeting in October, mm-hmm. they approve some things. Well, we know it's going to be three, four years down the road before we see them. So it gives us time to get there. Gotcha. Gotcha. I've got a couple of questions been sure. submitted by citizens mm-hmm. through social media, emails, uh, so forth. So uh, I want to throw a couple of these out at you. Um, how can a downtown TIF district attract private investors and businesses to contribute to the development of the area? Um, any thoughts on that? Well, it gives them something to tie into. Right now, we may have a vacant lot with insufficient sewer, insufficient water, insufficient streets, not enough parking. So we can alleviate those items. And now yeah, it makes it easier for the developer to model what they have and place it in that location. Can you discuss the potential positive impact of a downtown TIF district on property values in the surrounding areas? Well, just the more activity you have, the better development. Let's say the property value of a building is $50,000 on the tax rolls, and it's an older building, and you increase the value of it. You gut it, re-roof it, new mechanical, new electrical, new plumbing, uh, that value may go from fifty thousand to three hundred thousand. So that incremental change at two hundred fifty thousand, well, then the school district will get their fifty thousand, and then they get a share of that growth of two hundred fifty thousand, fifty percent, whatever it may be. So it's a win-win. If we didn't have that development, that extra two fifty may never take place. So as we're looking at wrapping up this particular podcast um, with your previous experience on council and the mayor if you were looking into a crystal ball um for the next you know you've got you've got obviously sons here that mm-hmm. you know are, are in the Chickasha area and you're like okay what are they going to see in the next 10-15 years do you think i think you will see um a large commuting traffic population um i think you'll see a lot of people that work from home here because they don't want to put up with traffic. Um, I think you'll see uh, better parks. I think you'll see better revenue for the city itself, which goes back to more services that we can provide to the citizens. I mean, the city of Chickasha is, we have, our really our function is very limited. Fire, police, streets, water, sewer, and quality of life. Quality of life, your parks, trails, walking trails, biking trails, things like that, that all plays in together. I think you'll start seeing a lot more of that development taking place. But we got to give the place to generate that revenue. And that revenue is going to be these in new buildings, new businesses, everything coming into play. And so it's it's kind of a hand-in-hand thing. I know I was talking to uh, another insurance agent, and he lives works in Lawton, lives in Elgin. He does all his grocery shopping in Chickasha. Good. So instead of taking an eight-mile drive <laughs> uh, to Lawton or 10 miles or to go to the store, he drives 30 miles up to Chickasha to come shopping because you can get around so much easier. So it's just that's what I think people are looking for. They're looking for a simpler way of life. And, you know, there's enough cra- – I lived in large communities like Houston and such, and, you know, I had really good ex- experience living there. But you live in your little pocket – and you don't get out of your pocket. I mean, because it's just so congested. When Chickasha, you kind of know everybody. You get to know somebody. You know, as long as I've been here, you know, my family, you know, since 44 and on, um, we, you 
do kind of know everybody. And my grandmother taught 43 years. So she taught a lot of kids, and there's a lot of people here that remember her as their first grade teacher. So it, it's, it's kind of a neat place. You get that hometown feel. Yeah. And I think people are looking for that. They're looking for that social engagement. They're looking for a way to be neighborly with each other. Neighborly with each other. And with the more development we have, it sounds kind of weird to say it, but if we can improve the quality of life, you'll start seeing more and more of people desiring to be here because they don't have to go 35 miles to go get something. Because they can get right here. The whole goal with these is to get information out mm-hmm. there. Um, the thing about TIFFs is there, there's a lot to it. I mean, you there really is. have to spend time trying to understand it and then ask good questions, and we've received some good questions. Um, you know, transparency is a big word. It and, is. And not just here in Chickasha, but in our, in our state, in our country. And, and um, from when we did the podcast with the city manager, he talked about how all these TIF meetings, open meetings. All public. Uh, city council makes the decisions so all the city council meetings are all public yes. um, I, from what I've heard that part of the process that the state of Oklahoma set up is that I believe there's two town hall meetings in the process there will be. and so as the committee gets set up and then they start looking at things at some point there'll be a chance for citizens to come in and say hey I love this or I hate it or here are my concerns, or here are my questions. Is is that kind of how you understand everything? It is, you know, because everything's public meeting, you know, in government and the school districts. It's all open public meetings because it's really it's the citizens' operation. You know, it's it's their city council, it's their city government, and so we're here to serve them. And so you do everything out in the open, you know, and, we, and I want people to attend council meetings. I want them to reach out to me. You know, I, you know, call me, you know, because I won't be able to tell you what's, what the truth is and what's really going on. And I, I just think it's important for people when they see the get on the chickshade.org website and they see those meeting dates, show up. You know, listen to what's going on. If you have a question after the meeting, ask them the question. Or if they have an opportunity to ask questions during the meeting, ask the question. There's no such thing as a bad question. The bad question is when you don't ask and don't have an answer for it. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, my whole thing is ask those questions and don't just assume. Or don't right, just, exactly. You know, it, it's, it takes more effort to show up at a city council meeting or even watch it online. That's yeah. the other thing. You can watch it online. <clears throat> sure can. Um, so I, I think the more engagement we get, the more people, and, you know, it's, it's just good for our community. It's good, good for the community. Um, you get buy-in uh, from citizens, citizens because they see the, the end game where you're trying to go. And, you know, like I told you, when I first came in mayor, was financial stability. And once we kind of got that, we started working on, um, and really part of my thing was increasing wages for the employees. You know, we were bad. It wasn't good. And so we, we kind of got that, you know, take kind of taken care of. You know, that's, that's a, a constant battle that you have to deal with. And now it is this infrastructure. We are trying to attack the infrastructure issues. So coming up with the city now, we were able to, Save a little money last year. This year, we've got millions of dollars in road projects that we'll start addressing. And so uh, Jim Crosby at Public Works is supposed to be providing a list of the critical ones that we need to address first. I want to say it's probably about four and a half, five million dollars worth of road work that we're going to be doing. And some will be overlaid, some will be more impressive. But 
All this goes back when you start having more and more people, more and more activity, it wears that stuff faster. Sure, sure. Well, you know, I love each week writing a column in the local paper, paper called The Good Stuff. Um, uh, I like it when our community works together. Um, I've, I've talked about it several times um, that the um, artist from the Chickasha Area Arts Council that painted on the fence, Chickasha, good things happen here. Yeah. I believe there's a mindset out there that if you believe you can, mm-hmm. it, it's going to happen. Doesn't mean you ignore and say, oh, there's no problems, because we've talked. Oh, we got plenty of problems. Um, But if we have this mindset of, yes, we can, and we're Chickasha, and good things do happen here, uh, and we focus in on the good stuff. You know, it's, it's, as we get close to Thanksgiving, there's a lot to be thankful for. There's a lot to be thankful for for what the city of Chickasha does. Um, you know, we're in festival light season and, uh, the volunteers that play a role in that, your family, you're yeah. the tradition that you've established, but the city parks department also plays a big role they do. and, 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 and then, um, as, as well as public works in terms of who do you think puts those street barricades up? And so I know it sounds a little corny, but I believe it. We all have to work together. You know, and that's one thing I want to make a shout out to those guys in the parks department. I was talking to James, uh, who's kind of like a, the lead role, those guys out in the park, putting the lights in the trees and such. And he was talking about how proud those guys were. They came back early, a few nights earlier to turn on their own trees so they can see how they looked. So, I mean, they're taking great pride in what they're trying, product they're trying to put out there. Just like I work with a, a group of us on the, the footbridge. And, you know, I want to be just so. And I'll go out there throughout the season a few times, kind of adjust things here and there because, you know, wind, mm-hmm. temperature, that all affects yeah. how it looks. And so you constantly have to kind of massage it a bit. But, you know, when the when we have a problem in Chickasha, which we're going to have more, we have them now, well, they'll keep poison. It's either you can be divisive with it or you can be together with it and attack it as one. And I think we're really starting to attack things as one. Well, I'm going to steal a phrase that Chet uses all the time, um, and I'm going to say, hey, it's Thanksgiving, the, the Christmas holidays are, are uh, in front of us. Mm-hmm. we got a lot to be excited for in 2024. I think we're going to do, do a lot of uh, investigation on this TIF. Don't know whether it makes sense or doesn't make sense, but I have faith that there's a process that will be very right. public and very transparent for everybody to analyze and look into it and see if this is a tool that we can use to help our city but uh i'm gonna steal chet's phrase and say make it a great day and let's make it a great 2024 that sounds great thanks for being on the podcast you bet i did